everyone. Welcome to the Let It Be podcast. I'm your host, Becky Ziegenfuss. Each show, I share conversations around purpose and promise. We talk about friendships, family, faith, all the favorite things. Make this your time. So whatever you have to do, let it go, let it wait, let it be. Hi, friends. This is episode four of the Let It Be podcast. And before I introduce you to my next guest, I just wanted to say thank you for all of the support that you have given me, for the messages and the words of encouragement that you have received. That has been my prayer for this podcast. And I am just overwhelmingly grateful and thankful for the reviews that you've given to it and mostly for just sharing it with your friends. We just among us have so many people who have amazing stories of finding purpose in God's promises. And I can't wait for you to hear all of the ones that we have lined up. So just a special thank you from me to you. And now I want to introduce you to my guest for today's episode. Her name is Kristen Dooley, and she has an amazing journey she wants to share with us. So Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the Let It Be podcast. Hey guys, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, when we talked the first time, I was amazed at how much our stories, although very, very different, have a lot of similarities. And I just felt like we were these kindred spirits and instant friends over the phone. We have a mutual friend who actually connected me to you. And that's kind of part of the story that we're going to talk about. But you've done a lot of things, everything from you and your husband being pastors at mega church to starting your own church to being an author and a mom and wearing all of these million hats. So why don't you just kind of tell us who you are and how God has led you on a path to where you are today? Yeah. um, So my name is Kristen. I've been married for 18 years. Coming November, we have two daughters, Ella, who's 15, and Addie, who's 12. Um, I just don't like the easy years. Yeah, the really. (laughs) But but here's the thing: like I'm just hitting my prime with them because I used to do student ministry. So like we're getting into the good stuff. Yeah, that's so good. Like so love them. Um, We've been in ministry since before we met. Before we got like I gave my life to the Lord when I was 18, and I never did it. I didn't know there was life without ministry Yeah, right, when you're following mm-hmm. Jesus. And mm-hmm. so uh, he sort of leads you all over the place. So we have done a lot of things, um, yeah. but it's been super fun and we're excited about what the future holds. That's awesome. Let me ask you before we get into that, just that you mentioned you've got teenage girls and that you did student ministry. What is that like having that background and then parenting them? Um, I, I think I'm like, I had no idea. Mm. You know, like you're a student pastor and you have toddlers. Right. And you you think, no, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. And then you have your own and you just can't send them away. And you have to practice what you've preached all those years. Right. And you have to raise them in grace and truth and like them while you sit around the table. <laughs> so it's very this interesting, humbling, yeah. um, dependent, uh, Jesus driven dependence is yeah. what it is. That's awesome. I love to kind of watch that because we're, we're the same way. I I just mentioned that you have been in a mega church, but then you've also been a church planter, which is basically like starting a church for anyone that is unfamiliar with that term. And we have been in that same vein of being church planters. And when we started the church that we are in now, it was a little over four years ago and we have teenagers now, but they were not toddlers, but at a very different stage in life. So to kind of watch them grow and lead them through a different filter is it's a challenge, but it's also really fun and rewarding. Yes, it is. 
So we have gotten connected because like I said, um, one of my friends and your friend is recording an audiobook for you. Yes. And so he reached out to me and said, you have got to talk to Kristen. She has such a story and I'm recording this book for her and she would just be a great person to have on. So anytime there is someone who is kind of in my vein of life who also has found time to write a book is incredibly intriguing to me to see how you manage to do all of those things. So why don't you just let us know and take us through the path that even led you to writing this book and then you can tell us everything about it. Okay. Uh, well, so I've written a book before mm-hmm. about five years ago, we published my first book, uh, which is called bigger rebuilding the broken. And that was just like this crazy journey that my family took. And, uh, I was in the book of Nehemiah when it mm. happened. So the book is about rebuilding what's been broken. And I knew like, I want to write and you, but you know, you have to live ministry yeah. and it's all consuming and it's just like all over all the time. And so there is no opportunity really. And I think my story is before I write, I have to live it. Mm. So it's like, as I'm living it, like I'm writing it. And so when I sit down on the other side of like living this book, uh, the writing sort of just happens. It's almost like this, like exhale, of like, oh, this is what the Lord was teaching me when this, when this chapter was happening. This mm. is what the Lord was teaching me with this story. And so it really becomes just a uh, testimony mm. of what God has done, of where he was present, how he was working. So the, do you want me to tell you about the book? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the book is called Left Turns, Following Jesus Off the Beaten Path. And about um, six years ago, really, I was just feeling this like shift inside my heart that there was something different coming. I wasn't really asking. I actually didn't really want anything different. Like I was really content with where we were. Like student ministries was going great. I was getting lots of speaking opportunities at a mega church. So there was lots of opportunity ahead of me. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like the wind was going to shift. And I asked my mentor, like, what do I even do with this? Like, I've never had this like unrest inside of my heart. And she was like, you just need to pay attention because God might have something for you and he might be preparing your heart for what's next. And uh, I was out for a run and I was training for a half marathon. And so I was doing a five mile run, which was something that I did all the time at this point in time. I don't do that now. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I was running my five mile route and I knew like what it was. Like I ran the same route all the time. And so I get to this place and as I'm rounding the corner coming up this hill, I had this like you know, like the clouds didn't part and the voice of God like beamed down, like, I need you to turn left. I don't know if that's what God sounds like. He probably (laughs) doesn't sound like that at all. But I had just had this like thing inside of me that just kept whispering, turn left. And I remember like running up the hill to where I was feeling like I was supposed to turn and kind of like going back and forth, like why? Mm. Like left is uphill. It's not on the path that I need to travel. Like my my mileage for today doesn't need me to turn left. That doesn't make any sense. And, uh, but I still felt it. And so I turned left and I started trekking it up that hill. And it was this new um, neighborhood construction zone. So there was just debris everywhere and it had rained the night before. So it was muddy and like there were like not tools left out, but like construction things left out in the way. And so like turning left cost me time. Mm. I had to slow down. I had to pay really careful attention to everything that was around me. And like I had to work hard because it was up the biggest hill in the neighborhood. Like I didn't turn left for a reason. 
every time I ran by that hill. And so I get up to the top of the hill and I turn back, like turn around the cul-de-sac and I come back down the hill and I sort of picked up the path right where I left it off, only on the other side of the road. Mm -hmm. And I remember at that moment, like I'm running and if anybody was watching, they probably thought I was crazy because I felt like I was like encountering the father in that moment. Like he was, Holy Spirit just speaking to me of like, I'm going to ask you to turn left and like, it's going to feel unnecessary and you're going to have to slow down and there's going to be things on the road that you've not encountered before. And like, I couldn't get home fast enough because I needed to write down what I felt like he was saying to me. And so I wrote all this stuff down and I sort of tucked it in my heart. Like, I don't really want to turn left. Like all of that sounds really (laughs) scary. Like I don't need any of that. Uphill challenge, unknown. Slow down. Like who wants to slow down? Right. And so I kind of tucked it into my prayer journal and I just started paying attention of like, okay, a turn is coming. A turn is coming. I told my husband, we talked about it. I told my mentors, we prayed about it. And, um, you know, sure enough, like the Lord did lead me and it didn't make sense. And like, it wasn't easy. And like, I didn't turn left to another job, right? Like I turned left, I resigned from my job. I, I stepped out into what I didn't know. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm publishing a book at the time and I'm walking away from my platform. Like who quits their job at a mega church and publishes a book six months later? Like nobody does that. Like what, nothing made sense. And we ended up, our family ended up at a, um, interesting place. Like I just followed Jesus off the beaten path. Like I literally didn't know what the next step was. And I'm always, I was always asking the father, like, is this it? Is this it? Is this it? And just trying to be faithful with what he put in front of me. And he led me to a beaten down firehouse in Hamilton called Hose House number four. Mm. And um, the guy, the man who owned it wasn't a believer. Uh, but one of my friends who I had just met, I didn't know this person. Uh, one of my friends had met him and had a vision to turn this firehouse into a house of prayer and worship. It sat next to a brothel and mm. a homeless shelter wow. in the red light district. And uh, I just didn't know any of that stuff. Like I didn't know how to do ministry in the red light district. Right. I didn't even know there was a red light district in Hamilton. Like right. I didn't know that like there were needles all over the ground, like next to the homeless shelter. Like I didn't, there was, it was completely, out. you couldn't make a spreadsheet there was no calendar. There wasn't any social media, like no order of operations. Yeah, No one wanted to read my book that most of them didn't even speak. English. Nobody cared that I was a speaker or that I worked in a mega church. No one even knew what a mega church was like. That just was so not what was uh, pertinent in that space. And so we took this journey off the beaten path. And what happened is I had to encounter all of the things that I was putting my trust in. Mm. And I had to stop putting my trust in things and start putting my trust in like the only thing, which is the father. And I remember so many times like making excuses to him. Like we, I can't send people out into these streets. They're not trained. They don't know what to do. And I just remember him whispering to me like, um, you know, more than the disciples ever knew. And they changed the whole world. And like, just encouraging me to put my trust in him and to put my faith in him and stop relying on anything other than him to do the work that he's called us to do. And so uh, the book is that story. And it's kind of those lessons that we learned as a family as we stepped off the beaten path. And my heart is like everybody gets a left turn because that's what he has for everybody. Like he wants everybody to trust him and not trust all of the things that we tend to put our faith in. Yeah. It's so interesting because we've been, you know, you mentioned that you've got teenage girls and you've had this experience with leading students. We have had some big decisions that we've been making as a family as well. And just recently, and 
it's so it's such a great conversation to have with the children that you are leading to say, you know, even even you're in this midst of feeling like you have big decisions to make and that there are really hard things in your life because in a teenager's life there can really it can really feel big and large. Um, some things that are really insignificant to parents, but it's been so good to say, see, when you're an adult, you still face these different things. And now though, with my experience, I can show you how God has been faithful because of small steps of obedience. Oh yeah. And the more you follow Jesus, I'm sure you will agree. The more you realize that it's the small steps of obedience that lead to grand opportunities that he, he gifts us with and, and trusts us with. Yeah, like I think one of the takeaways for me during that season was we lived for these mountaintop experiences mm-hmm. and I encountered God in the mundane in ways yeah. that changed everything. You shared with me when we talked and I wrote it down because um, I thought it was such a great thought. It said, God is always, you said, God is always at work. He is present in the mundane. Yeah. So expand on that a little bit for me. Oh gosh, so I have the best story. So uh, I... <sighs> But sometimes I let my feelings drive the car. It's how that's how mm-hmm. I phrase it. Mm-hmm. And during that season, like there was a lot of like I was just lonely and like I stepped away from my church, but my church kept doing the same things and all of a sudden I'm doing nothing. Like mm-hmm. I bought a forty dollar pair of Victoria's Secret sweatpants and I got really good at sitting. <laughs> uh, but there were some days that sitting it was just really hard. And so on those days I always tell people that my feelings drove me to Target mm-hmm. and my feelings really like to walk up and down the aisles at Target. And and it was also during the season that Fixer Upper was big and I had lots of time. So I was like binge watching Fixer Upper. And I wanted one of those little wooden cutting boards that Joanna put in every kitchen. Yes. So I had that on my heart, which is such a weird thing to want because like I had a cutting board. I don't have a job, but like for some reason, a cutting board was important to me. And so I would like go to Target and I would find just the one, you know, and I would put it in my car and I would continue to walk through Target with my feelings and just Uh, you know, I might pick up a couple other things here or there to justify being at Target. And then by the time I got back to the front, I would have convinced myself that like, I don't need that cutting board. And like, right now is not the season to do that. Like, I don't have a job. Not that I couldn't buy the cutting board, but it just didn't feel necessary. Mm -hmm. And so I would put it back every single time. Like I would just put it back and not buy it because, you know, when you don't have a job, you just don't buy things you don't need. Right. And so I, one particular Friday, I went there and I did this and I was just feeling lonely. Like, like I just, my friends were there, they were around, but they were all doing things that I didn't get to do right now. And it just felt lonely. I just remember being so alone and like, I wasn't talking to God, right? But he's always present. He's right. always there. And he, he was with me in that space. And I, I wasn't even aware of his presence, mm-hmm. but Uh, that evening, my family on Friday nights, we went to the hose house for worship, which was always really fun. Like, Hey, are you going, we're going to go to worship at the hose house, (laughs) H O S E. Uh, and, uh, cause that's really what it was called, right? It's so perfect. I'm like, Jesus would never change the name. This is exactly what he would let this be called. Uh, so we went to, uh, the worship at the hose house and we were a little late. So as we pull up, one of the guys that was working with us that was kind of on our team, he's a carpenter and he, he builds things. That's what he does. And he has something behind his back and I can tell he's like walking towards me and like I've just had a hard day, right? And uh, not because I did it, I just was lonely and it was a hard space to be. And he comes up to me and my family goes on inside and he pulls this cutting board out from behind his back and he begins to talk to me. I'm just, I'm just crying for sure. And he's like, so sometimes I'm in my wood shop and when I'm, when I'm making things, the Lord puts someone on my heart and, 
I was making this the other day and I just kept thinking about you and I feel like I'm supposed to give it to you. He's like, you don't have to take it. I'm like grabbing it out of his hands. And like, here's what my take, I got in the car that evening and I just remember thinking like, you see me, Mm. like, you know me. And like in the most mundane place of my life where nobody knew what I was going through, I wasn't sharing those feelings with anybody. Like I was actually like therapeutically walking through Target. I wasn't like pressing into scripture, trying to get my needs met. Like I was trying to figure out how to meet my own needs. And the father like meets them and he's like, listen, I got you. I got Mm -hmm. you and I see you and I hear you and you might feel alone, but that's the biggest Mm -hmm. lie. And there were, I mean, I could tell you a hundred stories of where he did that for us during that Mm -hmm. season of our lives. And like, it was just building trust. Like he just, he's such a good trust builder. Yeah. There are so many times that I think we as Jesus followers miss out on a message that he might be giving to us because it's not this audible, loud, deep voice that we want to hear. Everyone wants to hear that. Yes. We have a similar story. When we left our last church to begin this journey, it was very similar. We didn't have the next step laid out in front of us. And at one of our last conversations with the elders of that church, we we're meeting with them in a Panera and I'm sure I'll probably expand this story on some podcast later. Um, but we had, it was an emotional time because we were saying goodbye to a place that we loved and I didn't have answers of where we were going next. And as we were leaving this, I remember her being a woman, but I could not tell you anything about her, nothing about her appearance, her size, her color of her hair, nothing. And she handed me this post-it note. And I, I told Andy, if I ever write a book, I should call it the power of a post-it note. Uh, but she handed us this post-it note. And it was the scripture that says, dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you, knowing that the labor for the work of the Lord is not in vain. And for us, it was all that we needed to, it was her obedience mm-hmm. at that prompting to give us that post-it note to, to perfect strangers to say, I still see you and all the work that you've done is just Mm -hmm. preparation for all the work that I still have for you to do. And so, I mean, here it is a cutting board. Yes. And and it was the obedience of that person who gave that to you as well. Right. It's both and. Absolutely. So, okay. So you're at the hose house, but you're not there anymore. Correct. Right. So what, what has led from that point to where you are today? Yeah, which is interesting because in my run, when I had this, like, sometimes I feel like the Lord gives you these physical experiences uh, and then invites you to walk them out spiritually. Mm. I see that so many times yeah. in people that I work with and uh, that I meet with. And so I had this run and on my run, I went off the beaten path and all of these things that he was speaking to me on that run were actually like happening. And I was, I was finding them in that space. I was learning new things. I was slowing down. We were at a different pace as a family for the first time ever. We were relying solely not on our skill and our strengths and our gifts and our callings, but solely on the Lord. Like we could not do what we needed to Mm -hmm. do to be in that space. And uh, I, I don't know why I was surprised when he brought me back to the path. Cause like physically when I ran that run, we came back to the same right. path that I left. And yeah. so I, I just kind of, I kind of jump into things and I don't really think about when they're going to end. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was just doing the host house for life. Right. Like I just didn't know that it was going to be this like journey off the beaten path that like he took me away from something to do something in me so that he could bring me back to mm-hmm. something because I was going to plan a church. I didn't know that. I actually said I didn't ever want to plan a church. Right. 
And I would do anything but that. Uh, he took me away because like I couldn't, I, I wasn't yet the person that I needed to be today to do what he has mm. in front of me. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not parenting. We call it discipleship parenting. Cause it feels a lot like parenting. Mm-hmm. I'm not raising teenagers. Not that that's insignificant. Like it's super hard. I'm raising adults at the moment. Right. Like it's a whole nother level of uh, like when we talk about our kids and they have issues that are, that feel big in the moment. Like adults have big in the moment issues. They do. Mm-hmm. And when I sit with some of them, like to trust in my, like I can't trust in myself because they're like, it, it's massive and job loss and marriage loss and mm-hmm. uh, losing significant like loved ones and the, the things that we face on a daily basis. And so there was a, there was a place the Lord needed to take me so that he could give me something because mm-hmm. he's the giver. It's never where I go is never about what I'm going to give. It's always about what I'm going to receive. I may give things. But the only thing I ever give is from a place of having first been mm-hmm. given. Like that's the grace of the gospel, right? Yeah. And so I thought I was going to the host house to give something. And very quickly into that, I realized I was going there to get something. And mm-hmm. so I became a receiver of all the good things that he had for me. And even now that he's brought me back to this path. So we planted a church about four years ago called Anthem House in Westchester uh, with some of our best friends. God must have been doing some major work because we are four years in as well. So <sighs> there there must have been a need for new birth yes. about four years ago. Taking us off the beaten path. Like, yeah. I'm going to teach some people to trust me. <laughs> That's right. So Anthem House. Yeah. And so uh, we're back at this path. And here, like, there was nothing wrong with what we did at the mega church. Like, I loved the ministry that we yeah. did there. I yeah. loved everything that we got yeah. to do. Uh, but what I have, the what I love right now is the, the push for relationship mm-hmm. and like just understanding how much God wants to mm. know people and how much he wants to be with them. And like, I, I don't, I don't know, like that's the only thing that matters. And so discipleship is a bigger deal than I think what we make it. Uh, I a hundred percent agree. And I think that the affirmation of that is if we stop and look at what our nation is going through right now, the enemy is trying to steal and rob relationships from people, Mm -hmm. whether that's physically or whether it's just through separation. And anytime that we are fighting against something that is clearly, that is not of God. Right. Uh, to, To be separate, to be out of community, to be closed off is not the way that we are created. And I think that is just affirmation that relationship and community is what is needed and is what God is designing for us because the enemy is fighting mm-hmm. so hard against it. And you can take everything away. Mm-hmm. But like if you have relationship, like you can make it through anything. Right. If I if we lose everything, like everything mm-hmm. that this world is going through right now, like where are we finding our strength? Where are we finding our endurance? We're finding it in each other. We're finding right. it in the Father and in, in those relational connections. Those are what that's what's keeping mm-hmm. us going. And so the opportunity to just build a church from the ground up that starts and starts and develops because of relationships. You always get a church. Like you always find a church. Right. If you just go find the individuals and make disciples and become a family. Yeah. And that's the message of the gospel. No, it's so fun. I mean, that is, that is who Jesus is and what he came to be for us was to offer that relationship with him. I have over my, in my kitchen, I have over our oven, um, it's a song that says in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. And the second part of it says, you can have all this world, mm-hmm. just give me Jesus. And that is, that's the calling for us as a church. It's the calling for us to, yes. to make disciples. So you're now, um, on a new adventure. Yes. Again. And 
getting ready to release a book. And I do want to let everyone know that you can pre-order this coming Wednesday, right? Yeah, that's that's the plan. And actually, that'll be the day that this launches. So, so today. So today. So today on Wednesday, August 5th, 5th is when the book is going to be able to be pre-ordered. And give us all the details about it again. So uh, the book can be, you can pre-order on Amazon or like local bookstores uh, most of the time. So pre-ordering is interesting because they uh, have pre-orders so that you can have everything ready to go during uh, the launch period. So it will be launched on September 15th, which is when everything okay. will absolutely be shirt up and ready to go. And the so book perfect. will come out. So I'm, I'm super excited about releasing it. It's, it literally, uh, they are the truth under the paradigm under which we postured our hearts as a family during mm. one of the most difficult seasons of our life. And yet now when I look back, I'm like, yeah, that, that book made me who I am. Like Jesus in that space made us who we are and we are totally different people. And give me the name of it again. Left turns following Jesus off the beaten path. Okay, That's awesome. Left turns following Jesus off the beaten path. Yeah. So I know that... This whole podcast, we talk a lot about finding purpose in God's promises. And in your story, he, and in my story, and probably most of our stories, he laid out a promise mm -hmm. in order to prepare us for his plan. So what has been a piece of scripture that has been that for you, where you have really found this purpose in a promise that he's already given us? Yeah. So in the beginning, I didn't even know what the promise was. Like I just had a scripture and I kept asking the Lord, like, why do you keep bringing this in front of me? Like, why is this everywhere? And what is it that you have for me? And I would say it was almost to the end of our journey. And I read about that in the book, uh, to the end of our space there where I actually started to see like, oh, this is what he meant. Like, this is why he put me in this passage in Jeremiah 17. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord, for he will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by the stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will always be green and it will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor ever cease to yield fruit. That's verses seven through 10, seven through eight. I'm sorry. Uh, so like the idea right before that passage, actually, oh no, right after that passage, it says, but cursed is the man who trusts in uh who trusts in the world, who his roots will be narrow. They will produce a fruit uh, that is not profitable. It talks about that. And it talks about the heart. You can't, you can't trust the heart. And I remember like studying that passage of scripture, actually the tree that is called the cursed bush mm -hmm. is it's the arar tree, A-R apostrophe A-R in Hebrew. And that tree, what's really interesting about it is that you would be in the desert, the middle of the desert, and it has these uh, fruit-like melons hanging from it, and they look very profitable. And if you're in the desert, I'm sure that anything looks great, right? right? And if you happen to be in the desert and need some fruit and you would happen upon this tree, you would pick this fruit and think you have just won the lottery, right? You've just found this fruit that looks like it is good. Mm -hmm. And the reason that it's called the cursed tree is because when it when you open it up, it actually has this like uh, pasty white cobweb substance mm. in it. And it makes this weird sound. It goes and it just opens up to nothing. It just dried up insides. And like if you if you press into that, like the teaching behind it is the reality is that like you look really good on the outside. Mm. Uh, but when the season changes, the roots of that tree, they don't go deep enough to bring water all the way to, to the, the end. Fruit. 
So like it can bring the water in enough to produce the fruit, but it can't bring the water in enough for the fruit to finish its production. Mm. And the idea of like, gosh, we just live in a world, obviously, where the circumstances are changing all the time. Like yeah. the wind blows left, the wind blows right. Like we don't know if the ground underneath us is going to be there tomorrow. Like we really, we don't know what happens with school. We don't know what right. happens uh, with, with anything. And so to be blessed and fruitful in the midst of such changing circumstances is evidence of our root system. Yeah. If our roots can go down deep enough, it really doesn't matter. Like mm. it doesn't matter what happens because blessed is he who trusts in the Lord, whose mm. roots go down by the stream and bring up the water to the fullness. Not only am I fruitful in the midst of changing circumstances, but I have enough fruit to provide for the people around me, right? My family is okay. My, my, my church is okay. Like mm-hmm. we're going to survive because our roots are deep, not because our circumstances are nice. Yeah. Oh, that is such oh. a good word. Yeah, isn't that a good word? <laughs> that is a good word. I mean, it's been like I, six years. I'm still telling myself yeah. that. Well, I think what's so exciting about your book is that as much as we who read it are going to get so much out of it, I'm sure that for you, it was just this process, a, a self reflecting process of what God has done in your life. And I love that you referred to it as an exhale, as if he breathed into your circumstances, his goodness and his plan. And you just got to exhale that onto the page. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it's such a faith builder to go back and remember what the Lord did and who he was during seasons uh, that are really hard. Uh, and to actually rewrite those stories. Of like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, cause we tend to forget we yeah. tend to forget the cutting boards and right. the, the mundane moments where he's our rescuer and our redeemer. Like they're so quickly replaced by what, what we have to do today. Absolutely. And so to relive those stories again has just been life-giving. I'm so excited for your book. I cannot wait to get my hands on it and just share it with so many people because I know that your story and the journey that God has brought you on, so many people can relate to, and I hope they really glean something from it and apply it to their own lives. At the end of my podcast, I always ask a couple of questions. And the first one is when Kristen is not being a mom, a ministry leader, or an author, what does Kristen love? Uh, We have a boat. Oh, and we just we live to be on the water yeah. as a family. It's like our place. Like get me to the water. Like I'm actually going to leave here and go on the boat. The, so the cooler's fun. already packed at home, so they're waiting for me to jump and go out today. So, do you do this as like a big event? Is this a family event? Do you have friends? Do you guys go to all different lakes? What yeah, do you do? it's a family thing, but we also have like five families that have boats, so we kind of all just go together. So today, everybody's probably making the plans right now, and then I'll get home, and they'll be like, "This is the lake we're going, we're going to get in the car." So fun! We just went to some friends' lake this weekend, and. I don't know why I do it to myself, but I forget my age when I'm like, oh yeah, I'll try to ski. Oh, I'll try to wakeboard. I'll try to surf. And then the next day I can barely brush my hair and I'm still paying for it. So um, Advil has been my friend today as I'm recovering from our weekend at the lake. And last thing, lastly, this podcast is called Let It Be. So if you could pray one prayer over all of our listeners, what would it be? Mm. Gosh, that God couldn't love you more and he couldn't love you less. That 
The idea that his love is based on who he is and not anything we do or don't do. Like he is love and to separate him from love is to not know him. And so like I just I have this thing inside of me. I just want people to know how much he loves them. He is crazy about them. Like he's such a good dad and he wants them so much and we don't have to do anything. That is such a great promise. Let it be. Let it be. So your book is coming. Yes. We want all of our listeners to go out and pre-order so that they can have it in their hands in September. And to do that, you have offered to do a little giveaway. So that's exciting. Yeah. So one of our listeners is going to get a free signed copy of Kristen's book that she will mail to you as soon as it is in her hands. But this is what you have to do. You have to go follow Kristen on Instagram, her social media accounts. Her name is spelled K-R-I-S-T-A-N and her last name is Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y. So follow Kristen Dooley and then follow me as well if you don't yet, Becky Ziegenfuss and that's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. And here's how you're going to get entered to win this free signed copy. You are going to private message me through my Instagram account, what verse Kristen mentioned she finds purpose in God's promise. So if you have to go back and listen again, that's okay. We'll give you the freedom to do that. Kristen, thank you so much for coming on the Let It Be podcast. I'm so glad that I've gotten to hear your story and gotten to meet you through this avenue. And I hope that our families can connect and hang out as well and share all of the stories. So thanks for coming and thanks for being my new friend. Yeah, thanks for having me. I learned so much from my conversation with Kristen. She is a testament to the fact that when we take small steps of obedience, God will lead us on the path He specifically has for us. He will stay with us, reminding us, even through a cutting board, that what He calls us to, He will carry us through. Kristen also taught us that sometimes God leads us off the beaten path without showing us what road is next. That's what faith is, following even when we can't see. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. When Kristen went out for her normal routine run, she had no idea that she would be making a sharp left-hand turn. But through faith and in obedience, she did what God asked of her, and now is reaping the reward through reaching so many people through the Hose House and now their newly birthed church, Anthem House. We plan our way, but God determines our steps let it be. Thanks for hanging with Kristen and me today. Go order her book and follow her. You can stay up to date with me and all the things with the Let It Be podcast by following along on social media platforms at Becky Ziegenfuss. That's Z-I-E-G-E-N-F-U-S-S. Thanks again so much for being such an amazing part of the Let It Be podcast. We'll meet again next week.